Welcome to Wacker Slaps Presents Superior Slaps, where we look back into the archives of greatest hits records to determine if an album or a band or even an entire discography was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of its time. Like all great podcasts, this is a direct spinoff of another podcast that is a direct spinoff of an unhinged group text that simply refuses to die. Per usual, I am joined by Mr. Soft Rock himself. I'm glad you followed that up with rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Soft. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm producer Adrian, and I got that peaceful, easy feeling, baby. Ooh, and I'm your co-host, Noah. And uh, there's a girl by Lord in a flatbed Ford. <laughs> Oh, That's the best line of the whole album when he says, bye, Lord. There's a lot of dingers in there, I guess. <laughs> okay. Today, you're away. What episode is this? It's 33. 33. Oh, like Christ. <laughs> is our Jesus episode? Like Jesus of Nazareth. And he died. <laughs> Do people say Yahweh as much as they used to? No, I think the old ways, they're... Uh... Why this country is going into the shitter? <laughs> no, I haven't heard that in the wild. But then again, I haven't been to uh, church in close to yeah. two decades. So I feel like in the nineties, people were throwing around Yahweh a lot. It's like, okay, that's too Jesus. <laughs> Just say that's too much. You're putting too much sauce on it now. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, thirty three, thirty three. Uh, I was trying to think of uh songs and albums and i think there's a there's a smashing pumpkin song 33 i believe there's club 33 at disneyland right that's the secret club i think oh what is that oh it's like um at uh i believe it's above the pirates ride but basically it's a secret club that has like a nice restaurant and a fancy bar and you can get drinks oh. there. This is pre like, I know you can get drinks at like the star Wars land and stuff now, but this was pre pre all that. So this was like one of the few places you get like a, a cocktail at Disneyland. And uh, it's like uh, the rate waiting list to get in is like five years long or something. It's impossible to get on. How it's much like you, you think know like a, like a signature cocktail is going like a, <laughs> Pirates rum punch. It's, it's like probably like forty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's probably it's like a thimble size. Man, Disney. No, I, I've heard it's actually pretty, pretty legit in there. Uh, but you know, fuck Disney. Yeah. Well, good thing this isn't a Disney podcast. <laughs> the corporate free baby indie all the way. Yeah. Today we got a. Really digging into the depths of indie rock in this episode. <laughs> this is like as far away from indie rock as you can this pretty is much get. As far as away from music that you can get. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, All right, no, but let's it. set it up. Let's set it up. So as you heard in the butchered intro that I delivered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, we'll clean it up in post. Yeah, I'm getting bad at reading. <laughs> uh, today we're pivoting once more. And uh, we're doing a new spinoff, and it's called Superior Slaps. And basically, we're looking back at 
greatest hits albums. And we're going to kick it off episode one of the Superior Slaps with Eagles, their greatest hits from 71 to 75. It was released in 1976. So basically compiles their first like six albums or something. They made like an album. First four. Four. It was only four. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then this very same year, they came out with Hotel California. So they were kind of the kings of the world at this time. So, yeah, we wanted to kick it off with Eagles. And, you know, this album's, I guess you have to call it iconic. (laughs) Certainly, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about it. It was like, there's that joke, I think, from the second Wayne's World where Tia Carrera comes up and she's holding, like, Frampton Comes Alive. And she's like, have you ever heard of this record? And he's like, uh... Yeah, it was basically mailed out to every household in America in <laughs> 1977 or whatever, yeah. so something like that. And it's like, yeah, this this is another one of those ones where it's just everyone's record collection has this. You like oh, dig yeah. into your parents' cabinets. I guarantee you will find this a copy of this in there, along with Hotel California and all the other stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. This record, if you go to a record store and you're looking in like used records, this one should say free on it. <laughs> Like you should not be charging for it. There's too many <laughs> copies of it. I know. I mean, well, so the numbers are, uh, there's a, there's some, a lot of big numbers here. It's yeah. Kind of, AJ, do you just want to jump quasi into fishy? The, you want to jump into the background? Yeah. So actually, uh, let me start off with a bit of the, a bit of a, from the a review on oh, all yes. music. Um, do it. Is it Christ gal? <laughs> no, I actually, you know, with greatest hits, it's kind of, it's not that easy to find like good reviews since it is just the nature of what these things are. So I'm basically going to pull from all music I guide for pretty much all of these, I, I imagine. But this one's actually re- pretty well written. It's a good write up. It's it ends up kind of being kind of perplexed by what how and why this is so successful. But um, let me just get into the nitty gritty here. So. The reviewer is William Rollman. Uh, he gave it a five out of five, which, you know, that's actually kind of rare on all music. You, you don't usually see a five out of five, 4.5, four out of five for sure. A lot of those, but a perfect score. It's pretty yeah. wild. So uh, here's a bit from his review. The tunes are melodic and the arrangements full of strummed acoustic guitars over a rock rhythm section, often playing a shuffle beat taught by tenor dominated harmonies. Are immediately engaging. There's also a lyrical consistency of the songs, which often concern romantic uncertainties in an atmosphere soaked in intoxicants. The narrators of the songs usually seem exhausted, if not satiated, and the loping rhythms are appropriate to these impressions. All of which means that, unlike the albums from which they come, these songs make up a collection consistent in mood and identity, which may help explain why their greatest hits, 1971 to 1975, work so much better than the band's previous discs and practically makes them redundant. No wonder it was such a big hit out of the box, topping the charts and becoming the first album ever certified platinum. Still, there must be more to it, since the album wasn't just a big hit, but one of the biggest ever, becoming one of the very few discs to cross the threshold of 20 million copies and competing for the title of best-selling album of all time. There may be no explaining that, really, except to note that this was the pervasive music of the first half of the 1970s, and somehow it never went away. Yes. Never went away. Yeah, it's so true. It's the boomers fucking unloaded this shit on us. And here we are, you know, 50 years, 40 years later, still talking about this shit. And I think there's probably still even 
yet another younger generation than the one, you know, the ones below us, I think still somehow get into the Eagles. The Eagles. <laughs> oh God. Those, uh, poor, those poor zoomers. Yeah. That used to always blow my mind when like kids my age, like when I was like in my twenties and they were like, yeah, Eagles, they're great. What are you talking about? They're so good. And it, like stuff like that, or like Billy Joel and stuff. It's like, dude, <laughs> let that die. Like, why? Like, why are you riding for this? It, it, that's like your dad's music. That's not good. I will say that as I've gotten older, I have certainly come back to a lot of this music that I would have, you know, balked at when I was younger. Yeah, I Whether it's the too. Grateful Dead or stuff like, you know, stuff like this where it's more cheesy. Um, but you know, there are stuff that's akin to this, adjacent to this. It's like really fucking excellent, whether it's, you know, big star or, you know, Todd Rundgren, you know, there the band obviously, and all the other stuff that these guys are pulling from, you know, all that stuff is, is incredible music. It's just that the Eagles epitomize a certain, (laughs) certain vein of this corporatized kind of schmaltzy LA, you know, smooth rock, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's kind, kind of, of why they're kind of distasteful to a lot of, you know, more indie minded people, I guess. Yeah, it sounds all very safe. Uh, like in that review, he says, like, this the band sounds kind of exhausted, like mm-hmm. kind of weary, or you know, it's like, no, they sound lazy, is how what they sound <laughs> like. like <laughs> there's not much depth to this. I, I, I say to Adrian, I have become more forgiving. I think I was just flat out wrong when I was younger, kind of dismissing like more sort of pure pop sounds Mm -hmm. because I do appreciate kind of production like this, all these songs on that's compiled here on their greatest hits. They has a very clean production. Like I will give it that it's, but at the same time, because it's such a clean production, the more sort of cornier elements of them really stick out. And it's Mm. like, Oh, like, you know, I give them credit. They found a sound and they just drive it into you. Like, you know, they <laughs> basically have a formula that if, you, if you're on its wavelength, you know, you love it. It sounds like perfect. But if you're not, it gets tiring. And I just I listening to this album. I just get those flashbacks of like being in like a carpool, like going to school and it's like the classic rock stations on and then the the Eagles it yeah. would come on like every fifth song. And you're just like, <laughs> Oh God, like turn this shit off. It's always like my dad was always, he was a credence guy. Yeah. I feel yeah. like you never had, I feel like your dad or your uncle, whoever was turning you on to classic rock. They were kind of as like a divide. They were either Eagles people or they were like credence Clearwater people, you know, mm-hmm. and never the twain shall meet. <laughs> I mean, my dad would actively be like Eagle sucks, son. Like, don't, <laughs> Don't listen to what anybody says. They suck. Yeah. I mean, they just, I mean, again, excellent musicians, excellent production. Like the, this is all top notch stuff. If you're a fan of it, but it's uh plastic almost, or it just has, yeah. it lacks that kind of grit and it's soulful, but it doesn't have any soul. If that makes sense. Like, it, they're they're pulling from all this black music. They're pulling from all, but it's like the most white version of it. Yeah, white doo-woppy stuff, like like that sort of California country tinged music, yeah. but without any of like the blues kind of bass. Yeah, the foundation. You know, it's just 
everything's so clean, which again, you know, I've grown to like, like, that's why I like, you know, like disco so much stuff like that, you know, like I like that pristine sound, even yacht rock. Although I think yacht rock gets a little, people go a little ride a little too hard for yacht rock. Well, there's time and place and there's, there's definitely some, uh, hidden gems within those genres and this genre for sure. But yeah, it, it, you can't really it's like smooth jazz or whatever like it's it's fine and it's it's okay to have it it, you know and obviously there's a lot of great smooth jazz too but it's like after a while you kind of like i need some some it's too rounded i need some points like you need some sharpness you know i've really turned a corner in the last year on smooth jazz where like i freaking love it now it's so It's so clean sounding, but it's wild. Like, it's like, whoa, dude, they, these musicians are just so tight. And like the songs will be like 12 minutes long. And it's just like they get they're so locked into a groove. Yeah. Which is what I like. I don't think this the Eagles really have outside of a couple songs. The groove to me is just not there. And sometimes it, you can feel them trying to. Yeah, like sound like r&b groups of the 60s kind of sound these harmonizing but it all comes off so kind of sweaty and cheesy and calculated (laughs) and just uh you know don henley to me is just one of the worst vocalists (laughs) like it's it's like one of the worst i would say rock musicians ever i mean just just like a world-class asshole and i'm sure if he ever somehow, if the lawyers, the Eagles lawyers ever somehow find this, <laughs> he'll be sending us a cease and desist. <laughs> but he's just like notoriously like a, a prick, right? Like yeah. all the stories, oh, all these guys I think are, he's a are cocky motherfucker. He's right. Get They're all arrogant. A pig. And I think that's kind of why it, again, the, the personalities kind of make the, this band insufferable in a way. I mean, obviously there's, you know, Glenn Fry and, and Joe Walsh and some of the other people yeah. are like, they're genius, genius musicians and, and songwriters. Yeah. No, well, there's, there's some Walsh on here, but, uh, oh, really? uh, yeah. but yeah, like the, uh, it's just the most, or no, I think you're right. I think actually Walsh, did he join for Hotel California? So he comes on Hotel California. Okay. That's right. That's I right. I believe the same guy, year, but, and i believe this is the last of meisner oh bernie or randy meisner and uh bernie Lee. yeah randy meisner i think leaves after this and then the guy that went on to play with the flying burrito brothers i think leaves right off of this out Bur- dude meisner what's his name yeah meiser randy meiser Mize- uh randy meisner yeah randy meisner dude with the high-pitched vocals that's <laughs> that, that kept me going <laughs> dude totally because <laughs> it's hilarious dude it's so funny like i was it like can, it kind of works though like, oh yeah it does he's doing like a bg like a barry gibbs yes voice. exactly like he's hitting those notes i mean there are times when i, I was straight up like wait is that that's there's no female vocalist here. Is there yeah. like, is that Linda Ronstadt? Right. Nope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get into some of the, some more, uh, the background here. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, it's pulled from the first four Eagles albums, which were released between 71 and 75. It was produced by Glenn Johns and Bill. Okay. I'm going to, I'm really going to fuck this up. Uh, the sizzler <laughs> um glenn johns of course famously recorded a lot of big records uh i think he's getting a lot of play lately because of the let it be documentary which he's all over oh yeah that's right 
interesting guy. He recorded a lot of big records. The various songs are recorded at uh, Olympic and Island Studios in London, the record plant in Los Angeles, and Criteria Studios in Miami. Um, so, you know, it, it, since it's pulling from four different records, it is there is a lot of variety. But like you're saying, the, cl- the cleanness of the recording makes it all kind of fall together. Like they all, it doesn't sound like it's pulled from four records. Like sometimes greatest hits will have like distinct yeah. sections where you're like, Oh, that's from this. Like, or I think the blur half the blur greatest hits is an example of this, where there's a lot of yeah. stuff where it's like, Oh, that first part is like kind of the Brit poppy stuff. And then more of the experimental stuff on the back half, but this is all kind of smooth and, and one of one piece, even though it's, you know, broken up from different singles which there was nine singles that they pulled from plus the album cut Desperado, which I didn't realize Desperado wasn't a single, but it makes sense because it's kind of more of a ballad kind of slow song. And all of them, except for Tequila Sunrise, uh, Sunrise charted in the top 40 with five of them in the top 10. So these guys Jesus. were fucking monster, you know, monsters at this point, just gigantic yeah. band. <laughs> uh, and one of these nights and Best of My Love both topped the singles chart. So if you look on their Spotify, dude, they have a billion plays, a billion. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm not surprised uh, by that. Like uh, hotel California has like a billion. I think like, like take it easy has like a billion. It's crazy. That is wild. Uh, Yeah. Just unheard of numbers. Um, So this record was released by Asylum Records on February 17th, 1976. Is the first compilation record by the Eagles, but definitely not the last. Uh, it was issued between their fourth album, One of These Nights from 1975, and their fifth album, Hotel California, which was also a monster hit, uh, released the same year, 76. Yep. Irving Azoff, the manager of the Eagles, claimed that they had decided it was time to put out the greatest hits because they had enough hits. But uh, Don Felder disputes that, saying that there was no decision from the band to release the record. Like they had no say in it. And they complained that this was nothing more than a ploy by the record company to sell product without having to pay additional production costs, quote unquote, which, you know, I I think that's, you can say that about a lot of greatest hits. A lot of it, a lot of the time, it's just the record company doing exactly this. Yeah. It sounds like something a rock star would say right before they became insanely rich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, uh, like okay sure like i get that like oh we're ar- your artists and you want to fucking have some say over the new but come on man like you, they made a fucking mint on this shit like the best-selling yeah. album of all time they're like, um like do you want to buy half of malibu or don't you <laughs> like we're doing this exactly cash cows <laughs> like we're all gonna get fucking rich fellas come on <clears throat> and henley in particular was unhappy that songs like desperado and tequila sunrise were uh, removed from the context of their original albums or the original album that they're on those two but uh, he thought it was detrimental to the music which I, I get that argument but also these songs just are they really that deep that you need to hear them in the context of a record like they kind of they kind of work on their own uh, yeah. but he did say that all the record company was worried about were their quarterly reports they didn't give a shit whether the greatest hits album was good or not they just wanted product so yeah on the one hand true but on the other hand shut the fuck up like you you guys are recording hotel california at this point like focus on that which is exactly what they did uh they ultimately were like fuck it 
they're going to release it either way. So let's just focus and, you know, build, uh, build up this new record and cause this gives us more time like this, this, you know, the record company releasing this gives us like some more months uh, because they're going to push this for a little while. So the cover of the album is an image of artwork by Boyd elder known as El Chingadero, which roughly translates to the motherfucker or the yeah. fucker. Chingon. Yeah, so his work also appeared on the cover of One of These Nights, the previous yeah, record. Yeah, it's a pretty epic cover, that One of These Nights one. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty fucking good. That's the other thing, too. They're one of those 70s bands that like get all into like mysticism and like appropriate like native american yeah culture and like don henley seems like the type of asshole that'd be like my grandmother was quarter cherokee so uh, (laughs) that shit really resonates with me (laughs) i know exactly yeah but the art is a it's i mean it's it's very iconic like if you once you see it like you know it it's it's a plastic cast of an eagle skull which is then been painted in a very yeah native american sort of style uh it was set against a mylar black uh, excuse me a blue mylar background uh and surrounded by kind of this bumpy white powdery substance uh-oh which yeah which gave rise to the rumor that it was actually cocaine uh even glenn fry was like it looked to him like a field of blow quote unquote <laughs> which it, like, it really does feel it's free like, to I- add your own too when you bring the record home just dump it out on top i mean that is one of the pros of uh of records you can't do lines on an mp3 right or you can't do lines on a stream um and the band chose not to debunk the myth ultimately which i think yeah of course not uh it's it's more rock and roll but the artist was paid five thousand for the work which is pretty pretty decent sum for that time does he get any i don't think he gets no i don't think it's any residuals that's kind of the deal (laughs) with with graphic artists is uh yeah you get the you get the check and then that's it the smarter ones got some you know worked out contracts but man uh five thousand for something that sold at this point you know quad like what 36 40 million you know 40 40 times platinum like that's i don't know it's yeah. kind of wild the album fe- also featured a couple of messages on the inner vinyl dead wax uh which in the uh, there's a lot of bands that do this where they'll put little messages on the kind of the, the inside track of the vinyl where there's no more uh, music, mm-hmm. but they, these two uh, messages were happy new year, Glenn reference to Glenn Johns and with love from bill on sides one and two, uh, which I think is probably reference to another producer or the manager. Maybe anyways, upon release, the grade, their greatest hits reached number one on the billboard 200 and stayed there for five weeks. It was the first album to be certified platinum which means that it reached 1 million copies in the U S it received that in a week, which is pretty crazy. Uh, especially now when, you know, 200,000 is a huge, huge record or whatever. Yeah. In a week. How did they even know to like print that many copies? Like, I don't, I really don't know, but as, as you'll see, there, there's some fishiness around these numbers. So it was ultimately ranked fourth on the end of the year billboard chart for 76. So pretty big, pretty big year uh, for, for platinum records, I guess Yeah, it was, uh, it spent a total of 239 weeks on the billboard 200 as of uh, 2018, which I think I'm I'm guessing dark side of the moon probably still has the record in terms of the longest amount of time on there. Uh, It has gone on to 
be 38 times platinum or actually 45 with the latest numbers it's 45 times platinum it was the best-selling album of the 20th century in the u.s and it remained so until mj's death in 2009 when it was surpassed by thriller finally uh, these oh, kinds yeah. these two have been kind of neck and neck for that title for a while but hasn't it surpassed it once more too because yes and then it regained its title in 2018 Damn, they're going round for round. Yeah, it has sold 45 million copies worldwide as of 2020. So, okay, so 38 times platinum, 45 million copies worldwide. And globally, it is the best-selling greatest hits and the third best-selling album of all time. So huge, huge, huge record, like beyond even anything imaginable today. That's what. And it's third, and what Hotel California is in the top ten as well, right? I believe so. Yes, and uh, I think an, another one of their records as well. Probably the ultimate hits or whatever, the one that combines the post. Uh, oh yeah, Hotel maybe. California probably is huge too. But as I've been mentioning, there is some skepticism about these numbers with certain years reporting not matching up with Nielsen SoundScan numbers, which is another kind of aggregate of of record sales warner brothers uh who distributed the record say that the figures come from a newly discovered sales uh dating from 76 which that seems very fishy to me like oh we just found that there we actually sold millions more copies back in 76 <laughs> and a rep for michael jackson state noted that sales audits are usually three years go back three years and that and said the notion that they can go back 10 15 20 or 30 years and find units that were never counted before is absurd they reviewed these records before why didn't they find those uncounted records then which true i think there's some some hollywood accounting going on here where oh, they're yeah. kind of inflating these numbers it's kind of you know a kind of this self-feeding cycle right like oh it's the best-selling album of all time and thus yeah. more people buy it but you know and i think it's a way to kind of get ahead of criticism of people being like dude the eagles are whack and they could just be like hey 45 million people can't be wrong that kind of <laughs> argument like hits don't lie man yeah, so they're like true. in the business of making sure that album is still number one or you know still still a top seller yeah. yeah and then just to finish off the background here in 2017 the record was selected for preservation in the national recording registry by the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically, or artistically significant, which yeah. they should I have mean, registered it for the congressional trash can. <laughs> well, you can we can argue about the merits of it artistically, but certainly, certainly culturally and historically, it's it's a huge record. I mean, the first platinum record. That's you know what whatever you want to say about the music, like that's a big deal. Like you yeah, know. yeah, it taught a lot of. Uh, dads you know how to rock how to love how to live <laughs> right now out there there's hundreds of dad rock garage bands playing these songs yeah right now at a wedding somebody's <laughs> dancing to desperado at a funeral it's being played i actually went to a funeral and desperado got played I, it kind of got it got me in that context that's kind of yeah that, that's kind of badass actually <laughs> that's the way to listen to it <laughs> all right well uh what uh what's next what is next uh yeah so what their deal i think we basically covered it they're they're soft rock rockers you know <laughs> dad rock kind of country-ish tinged 
I would say once they their follow up Hotel California added a little more kind of sleaziness to it, a little more, a little more down and dirty rock, more drogas. Yeah, more more coked up. <laughs> Walsh got and brought brought the party. <laughs> um, but yeah, what would you say their deal is, Adrian? I don't. Know. I mean, I think we uh, as you, we've kind of covered it, but. You know, one of the biggest bands of all time, one of the biggest dad rock bands of all time. I mean, they're just in terms of like classic rock and classic rock dinosaurs, like they are one of the tent poles of classic yeah. rock. You know what I mean? Like, like, we, like you're saying, like the, just consistently on the radio for the past 40, 50 years. I think today, even now, I'm sure the, oh, yeah, you know, they're playing the Eagles alongside like whatever counts as classic rock now foo fighters and whatever yeah. nirvana yeah just that kind of easy to swallow type of music you know that but it's funny because to me there's not a lot of rock here it is like i don't know it's like like you look at some of their contemporaries you know like steve miller band or like the doobie brothers and stuff you could feel a little more kind of like pure rock and roll with those guys, but I don't know. These guys are just so polished. Yeah. Well, they took all of the things that everyone else was doing and they, they smoothed it up like in a, yeah. like, like in a rock tumbler, you know, like they just, all the stuff that was like made everything else interesting, they commercialized it and made it kind of like, yeah, easy listening. Right. They, which again, they, they do it very, very well, but yeah. it's just, it's not, it's not the like, most interesting and engaging music. It's like Bob Seger was too grimy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Eagles man. <laughs> you know, oh, Jackson man. Brown, he's he's too sensitive. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then you know, bands like Thin Lizzy or whatever, or Sabbath or whatever, were just heavier than these guys, or you know, bands like Cream or fucking any of the sixties artists who were doing the blue yeah. stuff better, or the I Birds or the Blind Flying Burrito Brothers who had yeah. members of you know, shared members with this band. Like all those bands were doing way more, more interesting, more artistically fulfilling stuff than I think these guys were just for me, you know? Yeah. Last, uh, the last listen, I gave it another listen this morning and I've listened to this album like three times in the last day or two. And it's like, uh, like the more <laughs> you listen to it, the more it kind of becomes nothing. Like, but what I want after listening to this album this morning, I immediately wanted to listen to like, yeah, like you said, Thin Lizzy or like Tom Petty or something yeah, where it's like, yeah. oh, I did that. They're kind of closer. They're close. They're similar. But to me, I just think they have just such better songs and a little more, a little more original. I mean, more the Eagles have, yeah, the, the Eagles have a signature sound. I can't deny that, but it's just, uh, yeah, it seems phoned in. <laughs> It's not. It's cheesy. It's, yeah, it's pure cheese for sure. Yeah, too much cheese, not enough sleaze. <laughs> That's a t-shirt. Um. So, what's next? Should we hear from? Oh, we do have a voicemail. Yes. Should okay. We take a little from our uh, exiled host. Caleb, who is currently on Daddy Watch. 
I feel like he's about to let off, dude. He's about to pop off on Eagles. <laughs> Did you listen to it yet? I haven't listened to it yet. This is going to be like the end of Hit 'em Up, Tupac song. <laughs> if you're down with the Eagles as a fucking crew, fuck you too. Uh, well, he's certainly been very uh, outspoken about his feelings on the past couple of uh, artists. So here we go. Here is Caleb's thoughts on the Eagles. Daddy, this is uh, your fearless host, Caleb, out here in the, the fatherland, um, you know, doing my sabbatical, um, calling in about the Eagles' greatest hits Um episode y'all are doing which is pretty appropriate being um the eagles pretty uh pretty inseparable from the whole dad rock thing um they're like the 96 chicago bulls of dad rock in a lot of ways um my, what are my thoughts on them though um you know i hate to be another white guy on a podcast quoting the big lebowski but i fucking hate the eagles i think i always have and i probably always will um they're the result of, like, if you take legitimate musical happenings, you know, whether that's kind of like what was happening in Laurel Canyon at the time, what was happening with, you know, people getting back to kind of like pre-rock, roots music, blah, 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 whatever. You take that and you just kind of remove all the soul and interesting things and all the kind of outer influences and all the deep kind of thinking around it or whatever um and you just kind of distill it down to the most boring ass fucking um insipid bland easy listening pieces of it um there's a reason why that's you know they're some the best selling artists ever you know it's um they're just they're just there they're just fucking there um yeah, I don't even know if I should be saying that much about them because I don't know. What do you really say about the Eagles? They're just fucking there. Their name is probably one of the laziest named um, bands ever. Pretty horrible. So that's like the canary. <laughs> the Eagle in the coal mine there is, um, you yeah, know, just let's fuck it. Let's call it the Eagles. You know, that's kind of like what I feel about them in general. They're just kind of a shrug of a fucking band. Um I guess they're pretty good at layering harmonies and writing catchy tunes. But like I said, it's like they're feigning something more like rocky, uh, rocking and more um, deeper. But it's just like, it's just boring. It's just fucking boring in there. And it's just kind of what happens when you just fucking give up and, you know, both as musicians, as listeners, all that there. Um, and they're not even like one of those bands that were like, well, they actually have this good album or whatever. It's like, no, it can all be summed up on that uh, Greatest Hits fucking dross that you're all <laughs> reviewing. And um, yeah, it doesn't get any deeper than that. So um, I hope the Eagles fly away forever. Um, fuck Don Henley. Rest in peace, Glenn Fry. Um, Joe Walsh is cool. Respect to that guy. I don't know who the other dudes are. They're pretty fucking boring. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. I like this new pivot to, you know, kind of addressing 
big, huge releases and greatest hits. And, you know, deconstructing a classic rock. I think that's a cool endeavor. I'm excited to hear what your thoughts on this are. In conclusion, I fucking hate the Eagles. Everyone should hate the Eagles. And they should donate all this money that they made off of this Greatest Hits album to underprivileged kids who want to pick up an instrument or, you know, learn how to make beats or whatever. And to give something back to music that they have taken from us for so many years. Okay, daddy out. Yeah, pretty spot on. Kind of what we've been talking about. Just sort of... You can sort of admire it, but when you really get into it, it's just it's bland. It's just, it has no flavor. It has no, you like, there's nothing to latch on to. It's, yeah, it's just, it's just the easiest music to listen to. I mean, it certainly does feel lazy in a way. Like, I mean, again, exceptional musicians, but somehow these songs just feel, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe he's right. Maybe they would fit better in the context of their albums, but I, I don't ever want to explore Eagles albums. <laughs> yeah. I, list, I know. I, I wonder to. what are their B sides? Like, I wonder if there's anything decent. So I will say that I accidentally listened to the Eagles first record because I wasn't, I was clicking through and it has a blue cover as well. So I was oh, like, Oh man, fuck. All right. Okay. And then I was like, uh, this one doesn't sound is this and then i realized what it was and i let it ride and i will say that they do have a couple of a couple of the songs on there that were i guess b-sides were good there were some neil young like light neil young rockers basically any song by them that i like my thought is i wish another better band had done it and had yeah. been better because there's there's songs here that sound like the birds there's song here that sound like flying breeder like all these songs just make me want to listen to other better artists doing the same stuff yeah so yeah i think i think caleb was completely spot on what do you think of the name eagles i it feels lazy for sure i don't know lame it's kind of lame like if if it was a different kind of band it might be funny or more interesting or ironic but with these guys yeah it just feels like uh what do we need to name the band guys it's like i don't know what's a american uh, eagles okay eagles it's the eagles <laughs> done you know um and it's not like they're from like the midwest or some little podunk they're from fucking la like yeah it's just well, the they balls. came they came from all uh, united in la sure yes that i guess that is because like the, a detroit guy a texas yeah, Michigan, guy yeah. a nebraska guy that's true. So I guess they do have roots ultimately in the in the in the Midwest, but yeah, still, it's, like it's still like a it feels flyover uh, states. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you ever listen to like any of the other band like Poco? Yes, I will. Not because I wanted to, <laughs> but I've, heard, I've research. been I've been subjected to Poco. Not in not research, but um, uh, I've had friends who have been into Poco and. Uh, logins and Messina and all that fucking bullshit. Um, the other band that they could do was in something like Tumbleweed Penny Whistle or some bullshit. <laughs> what was that band called? Uh, lo- Long Branch Penny Whistle. <laughs> Long Branch Penny Whistle. That's insane. Is that? It's got to be like a bluegrassy kind of thing. 
it's country rock yeah i think yeah. <laughs> that's fucking long brand i forgot about that song. yeah wow uh and of course uh joe walsh from james gang is that right yeah james gang rules fucking great yeah but of course he's not on this record so yeah <clears throat> all right so next we'll just do like kind of a track by track breakdown right that's what's next yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna break it up a little bit we in terms of how we usually do the music uh the album thank god it's only uh, 10 songs (laughs) i know because that's it i think that's what it has as well it does feel like an album yes if it was just called eagles like i think people would misremember it as like man their first album had 10 (laughs) fucking hits 10 yeah 10 10 hits 10 bangers up yeah but uh i you're not wrong on that and and again because of the production it does sit as one full piece uh and it's actually i would say that the the programming is also pretty well done like the first half the way way it's put together and the way it ends and then the second half as well it's it's it is kind of thoughtful in that sense in terms of like they didn't just slap them together Mm -hmm. they did kind of think through like how how are these sequences how should this be sequenced i mean it, it is kind of um roughly chronological i guess but it's you know it still works so yeah did you want to take a little break and then we can come yeah. back and uh, break it down take a little break uh adrian make sure you stretch because i think there's going to be a whole lot of shrugging going on <laughs> <laughs> whole lot right. of shrugging going on <laughs> eagles all right okay we're back here with superior slaps eagles their greatest hits 71 to 75 folks we're gonna cue it up here at the top track one take it easy and uh this song maybe has the funniest line in the whole album it says like (laughs) there's a girl by lord with a flatbed ford (laughs) it's uh any poetry really exactly no these lyrics are very basic just like a <laughs> sad boy in the heartland pining for some girl and cut off jeans or it sounds like these guys are like virgins <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i <laughs> i i wonder if that was if the, the he's like going by like being younger because a lot of well is it virgins or are they incels? Because a lot of these songs yeah, also kind of like have cuck music. <laughs> a lot of these songs, yeah, are like the girl rejected me. She's banging my friend and now I'm drinking, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> There's um, a lot of pining for sure on these. Pining, on these. yeah. There's a, uh, this song really kind of taps into their kind of country or elf. Uh, elements like there's a banjo that shows yeah. up halfway through. My note r- was a uh, banjo going off. <laughs> it just rides the whole time. It's like, wait, what? Flats and Scruggs <laughs> just showed up. It's so stupid. Where do you sit on the banjo? I don't think I like the banjo. I don't know, man. It's hard to say. I like like I like like genuine bluegrass can be enjoyable, and uh, you know. but it's just the same riff over and over. It's just the. No, I think, blah, 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 I think blah, if you blah. actually dig into like Flats and Scruggs or any of those ones, I think they will, there's some good stuff there. But I mean, yeah, it's not. Am I putting on a fucking Steve Martin record? No, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> That's uh, Martin Short has that hilarious line where he says hanging out with steve martin is like the movie deliverance it's all fun and games until the banjo comes out (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh boy. Yeah. One of the greats, Martin Short. Um, yeah, I, I, this is definitely one of the more countrified uh, songs on the record, which I like when they go in that mode because I am a fan of, you know, that of that country rock stuff that's yeah. going on, you know? This is kind of their thesis statement, right? I mean, it's literally called Take It Easy. <laughs> just like, hey, just, just sit back, chill, you know, drink a light beer. <laughs> uh yeah drink a light beer have a seven and seven and just take it easy take it easy i don't know for me it's like when i was listening to this it just made me like again like just listen to the birds like if you're gonna fucking listen yeah. to this just put the birds on like yeah there's like the birds will have 12 of these songs on one record and it'll be great just put, put on like on. the what's that one like the nitty gritty oh, band or something nitty gritty dirt band is that dirt it? band yeah just listen to that if you're gonna listen to this um do you want to hear maybe i think like was it like a minute or so into the song the banjo kicks in let's see we'll uh we'll take it from a minute and then uh maybe if uh we'll we'll try some more oh uh just before we hear this uh kiki had i want to do a little wifey's corner (laughs) she said all these songs sound like like a first draft of a song (laughs) yeah that's another thing that makes them sound kind of lazy it's like yeah (laughs) Like you, you guys just kind of shit these out and like, all right, that's good. And this is recorded, brother. Um, so yeah, here's, post. Oh, and, and one more little note about this. Um, this song is from Eagles, uh, the, the uh, eponymous self-titled debut from 72. And uh, it was co-written by Glenn Fry and Jackson Brown. So oh, see, there you go. Yeah, it has, <laughs> it has that Jackson Brown DNA. Yeah, there you go. We, Jackson Brown. Jackson yeah, Brown's yeah. a good storyteller. These guys suck at telling stories. Well, that's probably like Jackson Brown's like, I got this story about, you know, I don't know how he sounds. Jackson Brown's probably like, I had this story about. I think he sounds know. exactly like that. <laughs> Does like, he? Okay. Yeah, I was I like, like, like uh, we uh, had this story about girl and Glenn Fry's like, got it. All right. Let's do it. Uh, take it easy. I got it. <laughs> um, all right. So here is a little of Take It Easy from. Uh, Eagles in 1972. Forward it. Let's hear that banjo. <laughs> I'm also afraid if we literally play the max yeah, second over the max, they're going to shut us down. <laughs> I got a team of lawyers ready to swarm. Uh, fair use, baby. We're uh, discussing this, so I think we're yeah. good. Um, it's a, anyways. It's a parody. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to get Frank Ocean over here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was gonna say those harmonies are actually pretty, pretty good. They're very syrupy, but you know, and I just, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. And yeah. I think, you know, this one, this is a track where they definitely, uh, are, they're definitely a highlight. Yeah. But let's see if we can get some of that banjo. Hold on one second. Oh yeah. Can okay, I get some more banjo on my headphones? <laughs> I don't know why, but the trying to loosen my load just sounds 
<laughs> wrong. <laughs> you got seven women. Oh my man. <laughs> What's the math on that? Two that want to blow me. Three that want to show me. One says she's a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Oh boy. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I got a quick anecdote about that song. Yeah, I went to. Uh, my buddy was like, yeah, these guys want to jam out with me. Uh, our buddy, Alex, he was like a punk rock singer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're looking for a singer. I don't know. Do you want to go with me? So I was like, yeah, let's go. So we went to their practice space and we were just like drinking beers, watching them jam. And they were kind of a punk band. Yeah. And then they go like, Alex, you want to take a shot, man? Sing a song. What should we sing? And the drummer goes, do you know that song Eagles? Take it easy. They're like seven women. Oh, my. I was like, what? I think it is a <laughs> punk band. And Alex was like, ah, nah, we could do like a no effects song or something. And so then they did like, what's that song called? Linoleum or something. Oh yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good track. Yeah. Actually he killed it, but I don't think he joined the band. Fair to say. <laughs> I can see kind of, I, I have a note in one of these songs later that uh, I could see a punk band definitely taking a, having a good take on, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, uh, it's, it's just like you're saying, like, is it the kind of one the their thesis statement? Is it kind of like, you know, the to kick it off or like, all right, here we go. This is the one. This is how it's going to be. It's a little country. Got a little rock and roll. Got some smooth. harmonies, smooth and uh, some just <laughs> stupid, fucking terrible lyrics. <laughs> then they're, OK, to be fair, they're not com- completely bad. But yeah, I think Kiki's right. First drafts on all of these yeah. for sure. They're good at what they do. What they do just is not good. <laughs> Fair enough. Right. Uh, shall we move on to track two? Track two coming up on Eagles, their greatest hits, 71 to 75. We got Witchy Woman. Ooh, yeah. <clears throat> is it pronounced the- Witchy Woman or Witchy Woman? Well, <laughs> it's spelled Witchy, but you hear the song, it's definitely Witchy Woman, which, of course, the. This song is. Santana called. They want their fucking... <laughs> again. See exactly. They want like, you to if, stop bastardizing. If, you can, if they were like, "Hey, hey, Carlos, we wrote this song for you." Like, I think he'd fucking knock it out of the park with this one. Yeah. But instead, we get this uh, kind of faux Spanish-ish kind of semi-banger, semi. Yeah, and this is like right from the jump. Don Henley. I'm like, dude, your breathy vocal. Oh Get yeah! Shit out of here! <laughs> it's so uh, corny. This one also from the Eagles' debut. It uh, might be their best song, but it's long <laughs> and corny. <laughs> it's not even that long. It's only four minutes long. It just feels interminable. <laughs> <laughs> so long. Of course, uh, made famous by a uh, Seinfeld, Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Elaine. <clears throat> uh, yeah, Elaine suggesting this. This should be her. Uh, her bows. Uh, or her couple's song with her. Eagles loving bow. Um, yeah. But this song was written by co-written by Don Henley and the aforementioned Bernie Leiden. I think we mentioned him anyways. <clears throat> yeah. Who was another member of the band. The, that's the burrito brother guy. I is think. he the burrito brother? Okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought so. Okay. And I, I, one other note I had here is that I think the background vocals help make this really make this track. Like I think it'd be a little too dry if it didn't have yeah. that. It's um, about the heaviest they get. Yeah. Which is <laughs> really not saying much because it's not that heavy do you have any uh time stamps on this or should we just no, try we gotta it? go from the jump man that epic yeah you're right you're right all right here we go from Found the, the alarm 
<laughs> from the tippy top here is which a woman War beat march. I mean, this is a little, this is a little sleazy. I gotta give it to them there. It's a little Ooh. sleazy. Like, you got any more of that white stuff that we use for the Raven. photo shoot for the album cover? <laughs> Raven hair. I mean, the vocals, yeah, out of the gates just already. Wait, go for it a little bit. Let's hear some of this, Henley, dude. Folks, breathy yeah, here, vocal here's, alert. Here's about a minute, a minute 10 in. Let's hear, let's see what we get here. Good riff. I mean, it's good cheese, like it's maybe cheese, but it's pretty good cheese, like I gotta say. He fancies himself like I'm like a jazz singer. <laughs> if you think about it, you know, like uh, in the line of uh, Billy Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald. That was those are my cats that I grew up listening to, man. You know, that's where I get all that harmonizing from, and that soul. Uh, you know, uh, deep down, I'm just a soul guy. You know. That sounds exactly like something he would fucking say is prick. He's definitely like, I think another thing that makes these guys insufferable is that they're just so like self flagellating, <laughs> like they're or self, um, yeah, uh, self sucking, let's say. They just are like the most arrogant pricks. And again, why wouldn't they be there? Especially at this point, they're like, because they have gigantic. the ultimate, yeah, they have the ultimate default. Like, hey, we write hits, people love it. Yeah, exactly. Look at the numbers. Check the numbers. Check the fucking... Are you going diamond? I didn't fucking think so. Yeah, do the math. <laughs> All right, any uh, any more? Or just, uh, I think that was, that's pretty no, good. That's a pretty good song. Yeah, I think of all of these, that's one of the more enjoyable ones for sure. If they just had a... I don't, do you think they have a an ounce of irony in them where they like... Do you think they know that they're making... It's corny, but... I think they believe in every note, like wholeheartedly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. No, like detached. Well, I guess there is kind of a detached. There's some irony and some detachment. I think they really hit calculated. that. Calculated. Yeah. I think they'd really hit that though with Hotel California. Like, th- that song is actually pretty good, and the lyrics no, are actually. Don't say it. <laughs> They're actually. I fucking hate that. Song. <laughs> I was so glad that that song was not on this album. I th- I don't know. I like it. Um, although they they. It was originally called Mexican reggae, which is somehow very racist to me. Whoa, Mexican <laughs> just, reggae. Yeah, that's what they call it. Like, it, it does sound like that. That should be a genre, but not by these not, guys. Exactly. Like, if it was said by someone cool, like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, fucking uh, 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 Toots or something. It's like, oh, that sounds like Mexican reggae. Like, oh, that yeah, hell yeah. But because yeah. fucking Don Henley, like, nah, it's Mexican reggae, man. No, no, thank yeah. you. Anyways, that's a uh, getting off track. Antonio here. Aguilar's Mexican reggae. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so track three. Oh yes, welcome back. We got chat track three for you off of Eagles, their greatest hit, seventy-one to seventy-five, and it's little lion eyes. Watch out! <laughs> that remind me. Did you ever see that trailer? It was a. I can never remember the name of the movie, but I remember the trailer so well. 
it was a Jamie Foxx vehicle, one of his early like star roles. And in the trailer, he's like being held at gunpoint. He's like, you're not going to shoot me. I could see it in your eyes. You don't got the heart. And then the guy shoots him. And he's like, you got lying eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is that movie? It's called like, like, uh, it's like a one word thing. I think. Yeah. There's a lot of one word nondescript yeah. semi crime caper yeah. movies or not caper, but you know, anyways. <clears throat> so yeah. Lion eyes. The only note I have on this one, besides the fact that it comes from one of these nights, uh, they're, album from 75 and it was written by henley and fry uh is it hey these guys might have some problems with women because <laughs> every song like this witchy woman's about being bewitched and entranced and yeah. seduced by a woman and this one's kind of about like you know cheating and and, and uh you know uh, uh <laughs> lion eyes obviously but yeah uh, yeah I, i'm not sure that these guys have the most uh healthy relationship in terms of uh, uh when it comes to women yeah. uh I think when it comes to just anybody they come across, because don't they all famously hate each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just hilarious because the original, I think the original goal with the group was like, hey, we're all coming from all these other bands. and We're, we're all, all jobbers. We're all Let's... jobbers. Let's get together and kind of put our heads together. And, you know, we're all songwriters, singers. And yeah, to do it. And then, and then they ended up, oh, no, no, this doesn't work. They're just fucking five egos here they're just yeah. fucking butting heads fry fry and henley are like the polar opposite of like lennon mccartney where it's like <laughs> they didn't grow up together they're not friends they barely talk they hate each other exactly they're, it's like they're cursed <laughs> to forever write these boring <laughs> stupid songs the and come together and break apart over and over yeah when hell freezes over <laughs> I gotta uh, admit that's pretty that's pretty good. Like yeah, if I good. if I was like stoned in 1994 or whenever that shit came out, I'd be like, hey, that's that's pretty funny, man. Remember um, they're unplugged? Oh god, yeah. It's like, why do they need to go unplugged? Like, aren't they already unplugged? They're already half plugged as it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. we don't fucking. Uh, I want to see. I want to see Eagles plugged. <laughs> All right, Lion the, Eyes. Unplug. That's the best way to listen to the Eagles. Yeah. If, you tell, if you ask me, unplug the speaker. Unplug the speaker. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Lion Eyes. In my notes, I just put boring. So long. It feels like a chore. Yeah. Now this one is is definitely long. It's six minutes, uh, almost breaking six and a half. And yeah, um, yeah I wow. think it, this one's breezy. Just goes by. No, it doesn't. Nothing to latch onto. And yeah, kind of boring. Um, so I guess it doesn't really matter where I where I jump in here. Let's just go. Let's just go right in the middle here and see what we get. Just the elongating of every one word syllable, <laughs> like one syllable word, because they can't write <laughs> words that aren't one syllable. That's why this long six minutes, because it's just like, eh, eh, like drones <laughs> on. Yeah, it's very rare where a song in a song where every instrument sounds beige, but they somehow have to do it here. 
I guess the drums Impressive. are kind of on point. The, yeah, know. the drums. I'll say the drums are always on point. I gotta fucking give it to him. He's he's a pretty good drummer. Uh, Hanley on the drums, dude, on the skins. The bass is a little disappointing. I wish the bass was a little tighter, a little more locked in. Uh, nice there's some there. good lines on here, but yeah, overall, I think uh, yeah, drums are pretty standout. Uh, that would probably song, be my greatest whack of this album. Would be Lion Eyes, maybe. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if I had one on here, but I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna add I'm gonna say Lion Eyes is for me is 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 that too. We'll 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 get more into that later, but but yeah, I, I think well uh, I think that's about all I need to say. We need to say about this one, huh? Yeah, let's move on. Song number four, already gone. Oh, yeah, I'm already my ears are already gone. <laughs> Our listeners are already gone. I mean. It's an I, okay riff. It's I, big, yeah. big star esque. I I I put that. It, I thought I thought it was a nice little rocker. I think you know. I think for me, if this was indie, like this is the one I was talking about, where if this was indie-fied, indie-fied by like a garage band, yeah. I was trying to think of that garage band that's. Um, they have a female vocalist. They're pretty. They had like some a uh, big song a couple years back. Anyways, if it was like by by some someone like that, that where it's like you know you you're you're kind of stripping it down a bit and then kind of amplifying the rocking parts. Like it, it would be low key. Good. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's a pretty good riff at the top, I guess there's a part where <laughs> there's like a backup vocal and the guy just like says, he's like, that's right. <laughs> that part always makes me laugh. I forgot to timestamp it. But it's like, he's like, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. And already gone is from on the border from 1974 so yeah again with the whole you know cowboy yeah southwest (laughs) kind of bullshit like you guys are fucking not cowboy like come on like you guys got a poncho in tijuana and drank some tequila and you thought you're fucking you know whatever off of the border tough shit but uh some bad hombres but uh yeah and it was written by uh rob strunland strandland and the jack Temption, who are kind of Eagles uh, collaborators. I'm not sure if they were ever like official members or anything, but they uh, they helped, they co-wrote some of their songs. So yeah, here should we? You have a timestamp here? Should we just jump in? The uh, opening riff is kind of good. All right, here is already gone from the jump. A little big star riff, totally. And texture is kind of big starish as well. Like, can't you see this kind of like a little faster and a little punked up? Like, yeah, totally you could. It has a little more of like a bottom to it, like a little more oomph. Like, yeah, here it's actually. This is a track where the bass does actually kind of work. Yeah, it feels good. And they do hit a groove that's that's actually not bad. Kind of a little bit more infectious than the other ones. Uh, but yeah, let's get a little deeper. And here's here's about the two and a half minute mark. Oh, a little scrunk. <laughs> they can use more scrunk. That was what Walsh was there for later. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I want to 
wanted to get that little riff. I like that little that little chorus riff. I, I think again, it's 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 a nice little rocker, you know. It, yeah. It, nothing nothing displeasing about that. Not bad. All right, let's move on. Song number five. Here we go. All right, end of side one. Oh yeah, flip over that vinyl. I actually had to check my records today. I was like, wait, do I have this? <laughs> did, it I know. With... did it did it slip in? Did I just get yeah. it? Like, did ah, it come it. with my record player? <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right, here we have a little desperado. Ooh. They bring the strings, dude. They go all out. This song yeah. is like legit millions of people out there this is their favorite song to them this is the greatest song ever written <laughs> can't even touch it yeah to them this is the epitome of of poetic beautiful rock and roll music um and you know it certainly is something uh although i, I will say the dude from seinfeld was kind of right it's kind of like it kind of does grab your attention it's mesmerizing yes but personally, I'm not sure about these strings. Uh, I, I don't know. It might have been cool without it, but yeah, it, it, it you know it has a has a mood and a, and a feel that's uh, that's unique uh, compared to some of these other tracks. Uh, and it is from uh, it is the titular track from the album Desperado, released in '73, and it was written by Henley and Fry. Yeah, I had a religion teacher in high school play this song as like some I don't know. He was trying to make a lesson out of it. But anyway, so this religious teacher taught like Bible studies or something. And he was like saying how when he was a kid in high school, some girl like wrote out the lyrics to this song and gave it to him. It was like, wow, it might have even ended up being his wife or something. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Why won't you let somebody love you? And he played it. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Eagles. It's like a freaking dad that teaches religion class that thinks this is like important music. Did he tear up during the during? The oh, sure. He because I remember this specific teacher uh, would tear up a lot. Um, yeah. he, was a, he was a good guy, you know. But. He was, yeah. He he was. Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to say a good guy, but he was a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> he had a bunch of CDs. He was all into like Beatles and like the Who, Steely Dan. Yeah, he was. He, I mean, he was the epitome of that that generation of sort that of era yeah gen just, x boomer cusp guy for sure grew, grew up on the radio yeah sort of, I, it's it's like you're given your taste you know you don't ever explore it it's like here here it is this is the music that you will like <laughs> that's kind of true in like the mon well, back in the monoculture like it's just like well this is it the, the eagles are on the radio so i gotta like them yeah um, this is important stuff <laughs> these lyrics the strings i mean come on Come on. How can you not Come like on. Desperado? <laughs> you got to let the song love you, brother. Yeah, um, that's very true. <laughs> all right. Well, here we go. Here's a little bit of Desperado as made famous by Seinfeld. If you only want the ones that you can't get, Your pain and your hunger, they're driving you home. And freedom, oh, freedom. Freedom. It's, it's just, just a word. What is that lyric? Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, let's see. It's like it's just a word for your prison is walking through this world all alone. 
I guess we whatever. Say, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But it is certainly the yeah, epitome but then you, of that kind of like self-serious <laughs> of like so go but ahead, if you Scott. put if you put that song in the hands of like say Harry Nielsen or something, I think he like mm. crushes yeah. it. Yes. Oh god, Harry Nielsen version of this yeah. was just like him and the piano, like pff, devastating. It'd be great. And it wouldn't sound like cheese ball. <laughs> no, it sound more it would sound more believable. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this guy, like it's it, it's like like a lawyer that goes to like a <laughs> it's like a lawyer dressed up as a marlboro man <laughs> yeah. or something like loosens his tie at the <laughs> piano bar after a couple scotches oh yeah exactly. <laughs> starts belting the song it's like it's like he's like goes up to the like he's at a piano bar goes to the guy and he's like uh, do you know uh desperado it's like you bet your ass <laughs> Oh, oh boy okay okay now <clears throat> now here we go this here album go. really heats up on side two out. track one we got song number six one of these nights Woo! this, this song one, yeah. is fucking hilarious <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's pretty good it's it pretty really, good yeah. it really is i the okay so my notes here uh first primarily uh Puro cocaina, which I think is <laughs> like, if there's, if it's possible for a song to sound like cocaine, like this, this is pretty close to that. Uh, and then the only other note I wrote is uh, Tasty Licks Hot Box. Whoa. Uh, yeah. This has a, uh, the Meisner dude really leans into like his BG, Barry Gibb oh, yeah. vocals. There's, a, I laugh every time I hear this song. Towards the end, when he just starts like screeching in the background, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, ah. oh boy, oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Do you want to um, like skip ahead, to, like around like the three? I'd say like three twenty-five mark to like the four twenty. Like basically, the end of the song is just oh man. So and it's funny they do this a couple times on the album. Where they'll do the longest fade out, yeah. Yeah, the guy's still like wailing, and the band's like, "It's like, wait, is this song over?" I wonder if if some of these are like radio edits, you know, Maybe, or if, yeah, if some of these because like Hotel California, for instance, a long ass song, it ends on a fade out, and that's the album version, you know. It, yeah. uh, so I think it maybe it's just these guys are like, "No, that's our signature. <laughs> we, we're always rocking, brother. We don't stop." And so. <laughs> Uh, one of these nights is another titular track from the album. One of these nights, uh, and as you mentioned, is written by, or it's uh, not written by um, Miser, but it features some great uh, vocals. And it was written by Henley and Fry. Um, Henley Fry. Job. This, this, I would say that this, this greatest hit is is almost entirely Henley Fry songs. Like the other guys don't really get any tracks so maybe that was a mistake maybe those some of those guys those b-sides are, are you know really good they could have uh although as you said this this is there's no fat on this and it kind of makes it work so yeah, anyways it's, it's only like 40 minutes long thank god yeah perfect so here we go here is one of these nights Another one with a good bass. That has a little yacht rock vibe. Oh yeah, kind of proto rock, uh, yacht rock. And the guitar's doing that little kind of 
snappy. It has a little more pep in its step. It's less like boring mid-tempo. Well, it has it has an actual groove that's like a good groove, you know what? All right, let's get to the kind of the, the go to outro. Like, towards the end, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Hilarious. Here's some of the outro. Oh, too far. Hold on. Get it. I want to say they're probably just like randy hit it brother yeah this is just shot man time to shine <laughs> oh man have you seen the uh documentary now parody about the eagles oh i think so yeah <laughs> where it's like a yeah like a sort of career retrospective but it's oh right yeah 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 it's well it's supposed to be the the what's that eagles doc right uh, yeah what's that thing called like on the run or something something like that some stupid boy. <laughs> yeah i kind of like that documentary though it's a good doc actually yeah. but um but yeah but they do a parry a send-up of it on documentary now the uh what are those guys names fred armison and uh bill hater uh, hater and uh yeah. seth uh seth uh myers seth myers yeah yeah but there's a hilarious part in it where it's they're talking about the Meisner guy kind of finding his oh, yeah. high pitched voice, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny too, because uh, this that happened to Barry Gibb, he never used to sing like that. And then yeah, one day right. he tried to do a falsetto, and it and it was like, Whoa, where did that come from? Wild man, yeah. and then and then it becomes a, a signature, like this crazy, yeah, crazy, crazy nights. One of those crazy cocaine nights. All right. I'm running out of gas here. Let's go. <laughs> Four more. Let's go. Song number seven, Tequila Sunrise. Now, this this is a shrug. <laughs> yeah. Definitive shrug. There's nothing about this song. It's neither. I mean, it's bad, but it's it's more just in one ear, out the other. Yeah. It's eh, meh. It's kind of just there. Uh, the only notes I have here is uh, just listen to Neil Young or Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, which, again, in better hands, this could have been a better song. But here it just comes off as, yeah, forgettable, boring. And it's one of their biggest fucking songs. Oh, no. uh, well, one of their more most I don't I don't think it actually was a chart topper, but it was one of the it's one of their more well-known songs. I'll say that. Yeah. You always hear this it in a bar. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. When they play this live, I bet you there's just a rush to the bar. People ordering tequila sunrises. <laughs> Which by the way is a horrible fucking drink. Like yeah. any any drink that's that sweet just what song was disaster. What song was first? This one or Margaritaville? Uh well I'm I'm on positive Margaritaville came directly after this. Okay. I think Jimmy Jimmy heard this and was like, Oh, we can do that. All right. Because All right. I could see the Eagles guys being like freaking callous businessmen being like wait that fucker's got margaritavilles <laughs> popping up all over we need a song we need a, you gotta get, get, a give tequila. me a dime on every dollar on that one yeah we need a tequila based song that can <laughs> oh oh up. you're saying like <laughs> they could open up a chain of restaurants behind it yeah <laughs> i'm i'm surprised that that hasn't happened or it's some like a shitty bar to tequila yeah. sunrise do you even want to hear this one <laughs> let's we'll play a snippet we, we might as well Here's a little bit from Tequila Sunrise. Tequila Sunrise. Sun goes down. 
again in Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah, it's got a little slide guitar action going. It's all right. Yeah, it's mellow vibes, but ultimately very, very forgettable. It doesn't even yeah. break the three minute mark. So, you know, it's just a breezy little tune. Yeah. Uh, I did have a little side note here. Is there such a thing as a hangover song? We talk about hangover movies often mm. in the group chat, but is there such thing as a hangover song? To like make you feel better or because that sounds well, like a well, bad hangover, or. that song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, is there songs that are just a bad hangover or, or are there songs that like make you feel better or that feel like a salve when you're yeah. hungover? I think there's definitely I'll put on some music to try to make me feel better if I'm super hungover. Not this, I'm guessing. Not this. I put on like, I don't know, like uh, yeah, something kind of light. Uh, like Motown or something, maybe. Yeah, for me, that when I'm in that mood, I usually put on like something upbeat. Weirdly, I put on the shit that like I would hear blasting on a Sunday morning when my mom was cleaning. So like <laughs> Sade, like oh, yeah, Motown greatest hits, you know, fucking, yeah. uh, you know, throwing some, you know, the uh, Pedro Infante or whatever, fucking in the middle of that. Yeah, something, yeah, energizing, a little, get your spirits back. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> uh, all right. Moving on, track eight. Take it to the limit. Oh, uh, don't you mean take it to, to the limit? One more time. <laughs> I actually I put think. In, go, oh, go, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I just put in my notes. I'm at my limit. <laughs> <laughs> I put another low key banger question mark because I think it, oh. it does have that kind of like. It, I, I, I kind of dig the vibe and I do like the the pause. I think that makes the song actually. If it was yeah. just like take it to the limit, it'd just be too straightforward. But um, but the hook, yeah, it works. I don't where know. It, it falls, it where it falls on the album, song number eight, it almost sounds like a threat. <laughs> where it's like, now we're taking it to the limit, motherfucker. We're gonna break you. <laughs> and then just a couple. Oh, uh, I didn't mention that Tequila Sunrise. It's from Desperado, which totally makes sense. And it was written by yeah. Helene Fry. And uh, Take It to the Limit is from One of These Nights, which again makes sense. It's, it's another. So One of These Nights song. seems to be like the. The Cokes. <laughs> maybe their best album, I guess. I oh, maybe. Know. Yeah. Or maybe the one that we we dig the vibes of the most. The most. Yeah. Because it definitely there, sounds more, uh, more upbeat, more. I don't know. Go ahead. There's a lyric in this song where he says, like, spend all your time making money. Spend all your love making time. Like, <laughs> what? Well, yeah, what the fuck does that <laughs> mean? Okay. Uh, and this one was written by Randy Meisner uh, along with Henley and Fry. Yeah, he's like, whew, thank God I got my, one of mine in there. <laughs> I paid and, for my kid's college off of this song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and this one was another monster hit by the Eagles. So let's see. Uh, you got a timestamp, or should we just go in? Like... Uh, I can't remember. I put the three forty mark, but I can't remember okay. why. Well, let's see what we got. Here is "Take It to the Limit" by the Eagles. Good fellas. Whoa. So I think if we learn anything, uh, Meisner, the bassist, right? Yeah. 
he's sort of the he's like the the x factor man he like <laughs> saves these guys <laughs> i know i was i was kind of wrong maybe about the base he's the mvp i was kind of wrong maybe about the base earlier because there's some tasty lines here so yeah. maybe well, maybe it's just that their vocals are like so the, funny <laughs> yeah i think it's i think maybe the bass is a little too buried for me for my taste but uh yeah, i could have mixed it a little differently henley though he's rocking out on he's that rocking one. out the drums sound excellent which <laughs> i'm I wonder if henley was like hey you sweeten up those drums for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah all right so yeah low-key low-key banger for me uh, yeah that was one of i'd say that one and one of these nights probably in my top two yeah i'll agree i'll agree with that i'm not gonna call any of these songs slappers but that that song's not whack there you go high praise okay we're the home stretch here yeah last two song number nine peaceful easy feeling and this is the song that i think is playing in big lebowski where uh oh, in the, where the, the cab the dude is like, I hate the fucking Eagles. I love that it's a gigantic black man as well. It just makes, <laughs> sells the joke so much better. Um, this, my wife was saying, cause she uh, used to be kind of go to like Christian church, you know, like Christian yeah. youth group and stuff. And she was saying this song got kind of appropriated as really? like a Christian rock song. It's like it kind of makes song. sense. Yeah. It's like Jesus is giving me like, peace uh, in my life and like i'm already standing on the ground like keeping me grounded right like, stuff like that putting my mind at rest kind of yeah. thing huh interesting i mean if i was in one of those groups and i heard the eagles you know instead of whatever other christian bullshit i'd be like oh thank god for the yeah, eagles this is like miles davis compared <laughs> to that oh <laughs> uh, yes exactly um the only note i have here Aside from it, that it, this is from their debut uh, self-titled album, and it was written by Jack Tempchin, uh, is seriously just listen to "We Are the Rodeo" or the Flying Breeder Brothers. Like, there's no yeah. reason you like if you like this song, just listen to "We Are the Rodeo," yeah. and it's like 10, 10 versions of this, ten better yeah. versions of this. And what's the difference between this song and "Take It Easy"? It's like right, it's like the same song, <laughs> same song, same basic premise like peaceful easy feeling is what happens when you take it easy uh, <laughs> you know uh, i guess maybe they're kind of like siblings i guess you could kind of put it yeah cousins or whatever um all right uh did you have a time stamp here or should we just jump nah, in whatever all right Song let's stinks. jump in <laughs> let's jump in at two minutes and see what we get here is peaceful easy feeling It also sounds like George Harris, but if not for you. Oh, yeah. Which, again, another, like, if you, you just listen to fucking uh, yeah. All Things All Must, things must pass. pass. Like, come on. I wouldn't be by myself if not for you. All right, so that was all instrumental. Let's get some of the vocals in here. Uh, although that was pretty good, pretty pleasant instrumental. Almost. That, yeah, it kind of had a little groove. And then the voice comes in and you're like, <laughs> shut up. I hate that. That lingering. <laughs> so flat. <laughs> it's like those memes of like 
white people's chicken breast with absolutely zero salt or pepper. <laughs> like that's what this is. It's a chicken breast with zero salt and zero pepper. Yeah, man. No flavor. <laughs> All right. Last one. Finishing it up. Okay. Here we go. We're almost there. Song number 10 off Eagles. Their greatest hits. 71 to 75. We got number 10 with a bullet. The best of my love. And uh, yeah, I got nothing on this song. <laughs> I actually I was, like I was kind of checked out by this one. I I like this song got me. It's very schmaltzy cheesy. But again, good, good kind of cheese, at least for me. Is this the second best song called this or maybe the third? Oh, yeah. No, that it's other... not the, the best of my love. That yeah, song rules. That's what I'm saying. Like, so this is definitely probably yeah. probably third or fourth i'm sure there's another one that's that one than this. the emotions the emotions great yeah. fucking track speaking great of song great, great disco song, song. Yeah. yeah i don't know I, I felt like this was low-key good like just mellow vibes and you know a nice capper to the to the record i thought um, yeah it just it you know it kind of eases you out uh again you, it's not one that you really have to pay attention to it just kind of let it wash over you yeah and, uh, by the time you get to like yeah peaceful easy easy feeling going into this song i was like like comatose at that. <laughs> i was just like uh, i felt drained you were lulled yeah it was, yeah it's just like a lull yeah i i know i i like i like this track i like i think it it ends the album pretty strongly uh it wasn't it was i believe one of their one of their top, uh, singles that chopped top the singles chart uh so it was a pretty pretty decent hit i believe it and this is probably a song that's getting played at a wedding as oh we yeah first dance or Literally, father yeah. daughter dance yes uh for sure uh and it is from on the border uh it is written by henley fry and jd souther who i believe was another JD salinger <laughs> i believe Came was another retirement eagles offshoot guy <laughs> but anyways here let's just finish it off with a little of the best of my love. Whoa, whoa. That same old crap was like a cold, dark cloud. Did he say crap? We could never Out, I think. Same old crap. But here in my heart, I give you the best of my love. Voice, dude. I know. It's yeah. If it just had a little bit more character, a little bit more, I don't know, a little more, yeah, grit, it would fucking be better. But it just, it's so smooth. Yeah. Well, you want to play any more of it? Nope. Should we start <laughs> over from the top? Just go ahead and flip that record back over. We got <laughs> taking it easy. God, what that's someone's version of hell. <laughs> over. I was talking to a bartender one time. Yeah. A friend of mine. And he was telling me, he's like, dude, one of the hazards of this job is when like a group of drunk people come into the bar, they're all friends and they load up the jukebox with like the same song over oh, and over. So he yeah. said the bar will get like hotel California from time to time. And he's like, and a lot of the times it's the Eagles. Like they'll be, they'll just, just nonstop. Like it's like, it's one of the shitty or like journey or something. It's like one of the shitty things where you have to, Every time a group of people come in that are hammered and it's just like, oh, here we go. They're going to put on Journey or fucking Eagles. It's like the fifth time this has happened tonight. 
Ugh, I mean, I get it, yeah, but don't do that shit in public. Come on, you fucking throw, throw some good shit in there and mix it up. Yeah, yeah. I will say though that after listening to this, I did listen to Hotel California over and over again for some reason. It just, I like that. The, the song got, or the album? The song. I got Eagles pilled a bit, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. for, I guess it's just the solo that I think is like, it's just fucking it's one of the best of all time. All right. So. Sh- do we want to list our kind of our, our you know best of the best here the superior slaps superior yeah. superior slaps this ain't over you know you can check out but you can never leave <laughs> that's like eagles yeah that's another it's like describes their band it's like, ugh. <laughs> we'll never you will yeah, never yeah. escape us You'll never rid yourself of this smooth smooth rock <laughs> um yeah so i i would say i would rank it i think one of these nights number one take it to the limit number two which a woman number three Hmm. and then kind of all the rest in the middle and then at the very bottom would have to be peaceful easy feeling and tequila sunrise yeah i don't that's pretty good my top three here already gone Still, uh, little rocker I love. Uh, one of these nights, pure cocaine, great track, and best of my love. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe Lion Eyes actually probably their worst song. Yeah, that's what I got. Wackest of the wax for me, Lion Eyes. It's yeah. just what, that's, once he, that's worse. Yeah. <laughs> once you broke it down like that, I was like, yeah, this this song's crash. Like it's fucking terrible, top to bottom. Yeah. Shit. All, All right. right. We got to the. Superior slaps, the wackest of the wax. Now, let's rate this thing one through ten. What are we giving this iconic album, preserved in amber in the vaulted halls of the Library of Congress for all (laughs) generations to come? God, thinking about that, like alongside, you know, whatever, uh, (laughs) like, yeah, alongside the White Album and fucking, you know, Duke Ellington. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Charlie Parker. Kind of blue and Eagles, their greatest hits. <laughs> oh man. This, if anything, this will like kind of like be like, oh man, I need to cleanse myself immediately. And then you like jump into like Black Sabbath or something. You're just like, yeah, like, okay, I do love music. I, I gotta remind <laughs> myself. <laughs> oh, right. Music's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. Or it's not boring, you know? It's not uh, meant to sell beers. All right. One through 10. You know, I got to give it a five. It's middle yeah. of the road. M O R. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I, I know I hesitate to go too low on this one because I think it is just in terms of what it is and what they, you know, what what it's setting out to do, which is make a shit ton of money and sell a ton of records that did very well. I don't know. I'm gonna give it a seven five. It's pretty, Whoa. pretty good, pretty solid, high, but mark. nothing artistically, yeah. uh, you know, uh, no, nothing that's going to knock it out of the park for me, but it's still pretty enjoyable, pretty breezy. Listen, having listened to it, like, you know, four or five times now, six times, yeah. it goes down real smooth and uh, can't fault them for that. Do you think you're giving it kind of a weighted grade because it is such an iconic thing and it's something yeah. you have to sort of reckon with as kind a whole, of like as yeah. like an exercise that that's kind of my my yeah it's kind of my vibe yeah. with it yeah. yeah okay seven five and a five point oh 
add those together and we get three that want to blow me two just want to blow me one just another friend of mine what is that like a six let's tabulate tabulate tabulating so we have a six and a quarter so 6.2 or yeah. say 6.3 since there it's you go. Uh, 25 uh, uh that's not? pretty good yeah i think that's about right it's about right yeah it's i think when i was younger bands like this would really piss me off now yeah. it's just like oh there's just an energy suck it's not for me you know but yeah i'm not like oh this is like the worst thing ever right well we're not railing against it like we would be if we were in high school you know yeah. being like fuck that shit fuck the yeah, eagles that's offensive oh, <laughs> yeah um yeah right. i agree okay that was the rating uh whatever happened to this band i mean they're fucking still out there yeah one of them died glenn fry right Rest i think a peace. few of them may have died is meisner not with us anymore too i think uh let's let's double check on that uh, it's hilarious they're one of those bands that have been around so long so when you see like their photo for like like their thumbnail photo it's like uh don henley joe walsh all old as shit and then there's always like just a young dude that's just like the new guitarist <laughs> yeah, yeah 20 exactly. something and it's like dude that must suck for this kid unless it's like the eagles are his know, favorite thing ever but could you Even imagine just wasn't. touring with a bunch of rich yeah, old assholes? they probably just leave you alone honestly i mean yeah. you probably have to deal with a bunch of pricks but you're getting paid you know these songs are probably they're not overly complicated really so yeah it's probably a decent gig but yeah i think i would probably it would be that i, I would be stuck in hotel california be like my god i can't <laughs> what am i what's going on i can't leave i'm i'm trapped um okay so yeah it looks like glenn fry is the only one of them has died which is a little surprising RIP. that was but a couple years ago right it was, it was 2016 2016 kind of, uh, yeah yeah too long ago r.i.p uh, and also, did you know that Vince Gill is a member of the Eagles now? Which Vince makes sense because everyone here is terrible. Singer? Country singer Vince Gill, yeah. Wow. I guess they are like almost considered just country at this point. They they have that same crowd. Yeah. Same audience a little bit. The Venn diagram of yeah, like modern country enthusiast and Eagles fan is is very, very close. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? Any personal anecdotes? You ever see these guys? <laughs> no, I feel like they've played like the fair and shit in the past and just, yeah, no, no desire. No, no, no I, I, you know, I think hearing them secondhand on the radio in the grocery store is probably about as much as I want to hear them from here on out. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know who knows. Maybe I will return to this. Uh, who knows? Yeah, maybe we'll do. We'll come back and do Hotel California one of these days. I mean, one it these, is a monster one record. Nights. One of the, you know, one of the, one of the. Does biggest that one have uh, those shoes on it? What uh, those shoes? Or is that a Don uh, Henley solo track? The one that Beastie Boys sample. Oh, I think that's. I think that's Henley solo. Solo. That song's kind of. I kind of begrudgingly like it. Yeah, well, I mean, it has life in the fast lane, and oh, yeah, guilty pleasure, yeah, <laughs> totally. All right, uh, final thoughts, yeah, whatever, we did it, 
there it is. There it was. Their greatest. That sums it up. Okay, a game. I didn't do a game for this episode. Fuck it. They drained me. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, let's set up the next epi. Yeah. And we're gonna continue with our superior slaps uh sideshow, our spin-off show. And next week we have another greatest hits that's also like in the top 10 albums ever sold you know it's gone diamond multi 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 platinum yep and it's reached iconic status much like this album and it's legend bob marley's greatest hits huge record another Um, one where 1984 i think that's about right yeah, but again, been... another huge record that everyone seems to have on their record shelf. Oh, yeah. And everybody had that. A lot of people had that poster. Just that yeah. cover. It's iconic. I... Yeah. Which is funny because his hand is like by his mouth, but he's not holding a joint. <laughs> well, I've seen so many. That, yeah. yeah, I've seen so many photoshops or versions of that where he is yeah. smoking a fat, fat yeah. J. Official title is Legend, the best of Bob Marley and the Whalers. We're just going to do the normal original issue. There is a deluxe one that came out like 2002 or whatever. Yeah, it's like 40 tracks or something. Yeah, we'll stick to this one. It has a lot of tracks on it already. It's a, so. it's already a double record, I believe. Right? Yeah, it is. One of those iconic fat CDs that you would see. <laughs> yeah, the two disc. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, full disclosure, this was originally planned to be a 420 episode, but in true stoner fashion, we didn't get to it. <laughs> we forgot, man. <laughs> Okay, let's do the outro. Yeah. Thank you to Kiki Ontiveros for the most slapping of theme songs. Thank you, Adrian, for all your stellar production work. Check out our website, wackerslaps.com. Make sure to follow us on the socials at wackerslaps. Talk some shit via email at wackerslaps at gmail.com. For I am Noah. And for Adrian, this has been Wacker Slaps. And as always, uh, I don't know, take it to the limit. (laughs) Bye.